I think we're good, yeah? Oh, yeah, it's there. All right. Anyways, we're doing a swap cast, slightly disorganized. Um, if y'all have been following us personally, you know that today we have to go drive to Michigan to go look at houses to rent because William is transferring. So we're going to be going to a whole other state in a month to live, probably until we die. Well, at least until I die, because I hate moving. So <laughs> I'm it. this is my last one. I'm done at this point. But anyways, um, this is Swapcast, right? This is the podcast for uh, Swap USA, and we have a guest on today, the amazing Alex Andrews, who is here to talk to us about the Joey the Player case. But before we get into the Joey the Player case, can you tell us who you are and what you do and what Swap Behind Bars is, real quick? Uh, my name is Alex Andrews. Um, I'm a sex worker rights activist. I am um, one of the co-founders of Swap Behind Bars, the sex worker outreach provide. Um, the Sex Worker Outreach Project Behind Bars, and we work to create um, community between people who are inside jail and outside jail, and we're also working on a lot of anti-criminalization um, work right now. We're working on doing court support. Um, we we, um, we have a bail fund. Yay! I'm really excited about the bail fund. Um, in partnership with Swap USA, and um, we operate the community support line. Um, we're kind of like um, the community um or like the customer support okay. part. <laughs> That's one way to put it, for sure. Yeah, yeah, we're like we're like the client customer support of Swap USA. I love it. Um, and what are some of the services that Swap Behind Bars offers? Um, we do a newsletter. Um, we offer pen pals. We have we create and share Amazon wish lists for people who are incarcerated um, when they are released from prison and they have been a member. Um, we send them um, a gift package with um, hygiene items, full-size hygiene items, clothing, um, a, a smartphone with 30 days worth of service or 60 days worth of service on it. Um, we send them, um, we try to connect them to social media. Um, we think that it's really important that they have all the tools that they need to be successful um, on release. Yes. So, but there are no Bibles in your um, kits that you give out, right? None of that. There are not. There are not. They don't fit into the box, unfortunately. And I think that they probably have a Bible from prison. To be the one book that never can fail to get in. <laughs> right. Okay, that's awesome. Um, and um, we have a website, right? Swap Behind Bars. And then also Swap Behind Bars.org. Yes. And then there's the Twitter. There's the Twitter. Yes. Would you, we are avid Twitterers. And um, you can, inst we have Instagram too, but I don't know how to use it. So. Swap USA That's also has an Instagram that I'm trying to attempt to learn how to use. <laughs> I, got, I got a book called Instagram for Dummies, but I yeah. have not read it yet. And apparently just purchasing the book is not enough. It's yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think that that's like one of the things about social media is you have to get into like sort of like the culture of that particular social media. Like, yes. like Facebook has a different vibe than Instagram and Instagram has a different vibe than Twitter. I'm a Twitter person. I get Twitter. I understand uh -huh. Twitter. I don't know what the fuck be happening on Instagram. <laughs> no, but you know, the whole thing is, is I, I watch things develop on Instagram and I'm noticing that, that the stuff that's developing on Instagram is not developing in Twitter. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I'm realizing that, you know, even if it's just to go to capture those screenshots so that I can read about what's going on um, and then try and, and, you know, encourage people to go to Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that I can catch up, um, you know, 
I, you know, it's all about graphics, and I don't know anything about graphics. I, I'm just a blah, blah, blah person. So. Yeah, I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, but anyways, so um, we were going to talk about Joey the Player. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a bit of a rundown on that? I know you've been following um, this case much longer than I have, a case that is several years in the making. So what the fuck is happening? But over a decade, for over a decade, Jose Torres has been tormenting, assaulting um, sex workers um, in the New Jersey area. Um, he would very often, um, someone who was new to the industry would sign up to advertise on an online platform. And one of her very first contacts might be Jose Torres offering um, large sums of money mm-hmm. um, to do overnight sessions. And um, they would think, oh my God, this is everything I've heard it would be. And then they would go and be assaulted and um, tortured. Um, just some of the some of the things that his survivors have been through are really horrible. He's been doing this for more than a decade. Mm-hmm. The, the blacklist, the online black, blacklists are just packed yeah. with information about Joey the Player and, and records of assaults and people who have reported that he was there. Um, you know, the, the online sex worker community before Backpage um, was very, but before Backpage went down, um, you know, they were pretty connected. You know, mm-hmm. my Red Book, um, you know, the, the Seattle Red Book, uh, uh, all, of the, all of the online escorts, they had <laughs> ways to communicate and share information about dangerous dates. Yeah. And, um, and they use those platforms. And then as the system started to break down and my Red Book closed and um, the review board and, and Backpage, a lot of these very fragile networks to begin with started to started to, to fracture. Yeah. And people had started started having to go to multiple platforms to look for um, information on dangerous states. Mm-hmm. And um, Joey would change his phone number. Um, he would he would just do all kinds of things to trick people into seeing them because even on Twitter it got to the point to where you had to be so bold as to announce on Twitter mm-hmm. that Joey the player was and that is where I discovered the story yeah and um, we started amplifying um, the voice of people who were saying that he was dangerous um, a friend um, had had someone who had been assaulted by him. Um, that really wanted justice. There were several really horrible attempts to connect with law enforcement that failed miserably. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, and then he he just started. He went to Las Vegas. He started calling girls from Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, he started calling girls from out of state, offering them to come into in, in, um, into New Jersey, into um, Boston. Um, he was an accountant. Um, you know, all of his information would check out. There would be there would be no reason other than just, you know, if your creep alert doesn't go off, your creep, creep alert doesn't go off. Right. Um, can you talk more about the uh, trying to connect with police? Because I seem to remember, like, months ago, maybe even last year, when he was in Vegas, that the Vegas police were looking for sex workers and were saying, like, you know, we won't prosecute you if you come forward. We just really want to get this guy. But nothing, like, came out of it. What happened? No. No, uh, you know, th- there had been a couple of attempts in previous years um, to connect local law enforcement in New Jersey to him, and it had gone really badly, and the police had failed miserably at making the connection. They were emailing um, old ads. They were using old email addresses. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, he had been picked up one time in New Jersey, but nothing stuck. 
Um, so they had to let him go. Um, you know, they were, they had a really hard time getting people to come forward and, um, and give uh, an account of what had happened to him, okay. what, had, what had happened to them. So um, just, just, you know, sex workers don't know how to interact with law enforcement because our, it, we don't want to right. for number one, <laughs> you know, and um, interacting with them generally is, you know, I'm hoping that people hear me screaming in the back of their head, you know, shut the fuck up, mm-hmm. you know, because um, really remaining silent. That's the only thing to do. It's yeah. the only thing to do, you know. Um, so um, not being able to communicate effectively with law enforcement was a real problem. And law enforcement not being able to commit, c- connect with sex workers was mm-hmm. real problematic. Yeah. Um, and then in the beginning of the year, um, a very, um, very brave survivor um, agreed to go and speak with an attorney because our recommendation has always been to take an attorney with you when you're speaking to police mm-hmm. because we don't trust them. Right. And um, this attorney was able to get some information. We were able to get a couple of more of the survivors to speak to him. And he took the case to a friend of his who was a prosecutor for the federal system in okay. New Jersey. And um, that federal prosecutor um launched an investigation using the New Jersey branch of the FBI and the FBI agent grabbed onto this and he's been like a dog with a bone. Okay. Okay. Do you know his name off the top of your head? I do. His name is Mike Skimetta. Skimekta. Can you what? Skimekta? Skimekta. Okay. Alright, and that's the FBI agent who's actually doing something. <laughs> he's actually doing something. And you know, um, I am not giving credit to the entire FBI when I say that this guy has been amazing. Okay. Um, he's been working really hard to learn better language. Um, you know, he's, he's helping, he's, he's really doing a good job at trying to do a good job. Mm -hmm. And I have to, you know, I mean, it's gotta be really a lot of complicated feelings for him because, you know, he's not been trained to interact on a social justice level. Um, you know, he's not been trained to interact with sex workers and not view them as victims. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not, he's not been trained to do a lot of this stuff. So he's kind of learning it on the fly. Okay. Um, and, and he's done a, he's done a really good job. Um, he's even spoken with, um, you know, with other survivors. He's worked really hard to get emails out and, um, and he's done a good job. We had a fourth indictment which is kind of a record. Yeah. Um, they, they initially indicted him on two counts, then they added a third count, and now we are up to four counts. Do you know what the counts um, are? Um, they are for trafficking across state lines, enticing oh. someone to cross state lines um, for purposes of prostitution. So they're using- It's not the, an ideal charge. Right, but so they're using the Mann Act? Um, is that the Mann Act? Yeah, that's the one about the crossing federal. It's a federal case because you're crossing state lines. Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't know it was the Man Act. I thought the Man Act had something to do with banking. Um, the um. The double check the, it now because now I don't you know, know. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. The, the it doesn't say anything about the Man Act in the indictment. Okay. Um. What it what it does say is that he enticed people to cross the state lines to come into New Jersey for the purposes of prostitution. Yeah. Um. Um, they're not recognizing the assault because the federal system does not recognize sexual assault. Right. That would be something that would be prosecuted at the state level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess if you have a tier of of law enforcement agencies, you're going to have to say that the 
FBI is like better than the local law enforcement. Right, right. You know, I mean, a little more um, uh, legit, reliable, um, uh, thorough. Um, the prosecutor charged him with what they thought they could get convictions on. They're not, they don't do like the state does and they just toss everything in a basket and then eventually a bunch of it drops, yeah. drops off and you go from having a, you know, 25 year sentence down to, you know, doing 90 days with an ankle bracelet. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it doesn't work that way in the federal system. Um, each of the, these separate charges could potentially, with a guilty plea, give him 20 years each in prison. Um, with, with what will probably happen, and, and, the, and one of the important things to note is in the federal system, um, victims are protected much better than they are in the state system. Um, in the state system, when um, someone when someone is arrested and charged with a crime, the, their attorney will ask for discovery. And that means that the prosecution has to turn over all of the discovery, including the names of victims and survivors. Mm -hmm. um, in the federal system, um, discovery the names of the victims or survivors are not released until a trial date is set. Okay. So that means that they've exhausted all plea deal discussions yeah. and that the guy's going to trial. Okay. So the more people that come forward and speak out, the less likely it is that Jose Torres is going to go um, in front of a jury because you know this is a this is a no brainer guilty verdict. Yeah. Um, do you think that if he gets convicted on all the charges, they'll actually do like the um, like the consent, like they'll actually give him twenty for each one, so he'll get like you know twenty for eighty years? I think what will happen is he's going to take a plea deal. Um, each charge on a plea deal is probably worth two years um, because we only have four charges right now. We only mm -hmm. have four survivors right now, even though he's probably assaulted hundreds of women. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, um, I think that he's looking at best case scenario, um, eight years okay. for him, best case for him, um, worst case for us. Right. Um, you know, but... Uh, <clears throat> People with this particular kind of charge don't do very well in the federal prison system, um, and I feel I feel fairly confident that he's going to get some justice that maybe he hadn't really anticipated. Um, if, and now I'm just assuming. I know he has a habit of targeting sex workers, but I can only assume that he probably also is fucking awful to women in his everyday life too. <laughs> Um, but like, yes. if he had um, assaulted, say, like a girlfriend who didn't have a history of sex work, would they be able to come forward in this case and like also lay charges? They wouldn't be able to come forward in this case, even if he was an asshole in his personal life and um, assaulted someone. That would be a state case okay. or a local case that would be handled by local law enforcement um, because he wasn't trafficking them across state lines for the purposes of prostitution. Um, him being an asshole in his personal life doesn't really matter. However, there is some evidence to suggest that he was an asshole in his personal life. Mm. Um, he's been, um, he, he seems to have some assets. Okay. Um, which I believe have been frozen by the federal government, um, which will be available to survivors. I'm assuming yeah. they'll probably have to sue for it. But um, you know, he he does have a lot of assets in his name. Okay. So um, you know that that's something. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> baby steps, right? Um, yeah. So after the federal case, do you think that there will be state cases brought against him? I don't know. Um, they've had a really hard time bringing these um, these charges. Um, you know, if if things happen as they usually do, mm -hmm. yeah, states bring charges when they think that they can prove them. 
Yeah. Um, you know, the problem with this case from an evidence perspective is the fact that many of these cases are many years old. Yeah. Um, so there isn't evidence of sexual assault. Um, you know, there's only stories and there's only, you know, the written history. Um, the mm -hmm. FBI agent told me that when they confiscated his phone, there was evidence that he would send out 30 to 50 text messages and emails every day oh, to online wow. escorts. Just fishing for someone right. to get on the hook. Mm -hmm. um, and then he would and then he would be smooth. He would he would reel them in mm -hmm. over time. Um, you know, not you know, he might he might offer the big chunk right away and then he would kind of back up and he would just let people get reeled in. So yeah. he, he was a real monster. Um, and then I wonder, though, like going back to state cases, um, even though there's no evidence because there's such a time lapse, I wonder if it would be easier to convict him if he's already been convicted on a federal level, like maybe just as like a. I don't know. Uh, you know, my knowledge of the legal system is, um, you know, pretty much centered around prostitution related type stuff yeah. um, at the state level. Um, you know, I don't think that victims would feel comfortable coming forward to a state prosecution, mm -hmm. you know, because it's pretty it's pretty rigorous. They would have to, you know, testify in court. It would just be it would just be it would be a really uncomfortable thing. Yeah. And, and I think it also would would target them and and stigmatize further stigmatize them yeah. further traumatize them so you know i mean we're not looking for we're very pleased with the way that things have gone yeah. is it enough no but you know um it's it's better than what had happened before and the fact that he's off the street you know the the fact that he's off the street makes yeah. me very happy oh yeah i'm very glad to hear but, that there's more than oh. him. He's not the yeah. only one out there. This right. is just a high-profile one that we that we worked really hard to get this far on. Mm -hmm. But this case is really detailed. That violence against women, violence against sex workers. Um, th this is really amplified yeah. the fact that this happens to sex workers on a pretty regular basis. Sex workers don't report the violence because they're afraid they're going to be arrested. Mm -hmm. And we've seen this very, very visibly demonstrated in this case yeah um because nobody wants to come forward because nobody wants to be a victim yep. nobody wants to be a sex worker i mean or wants to disclose that they're a right. sex worker and nobody mm -hmm. wants to testify in court yeah. you know so um you know the stigma the the is real um the um the marginalization the discrimination is real um so we're we're very proud of the of the women who have come forward and and offered to do this great service to the entire sex work community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really hope that this becomes um, like a starting point of a conversation to be like, and this is what stigma does, you know, and especially in light of not having resources anymore, like, you know, having Backpage or people being scared to pass around bad date lists now. And it's just like, can we please talk about that now? <laughs> like, you yeah. know, I mean, it, it's time. It's time. You know, we can we can't deny any longer that violence against sex workers is a huge issue. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't matter whether or not you're you're from the anti-trafficking far right or whether you're from the far left of the sex worker rights movement. Um, violence is a real problem. And it's it's something that we have to address at the community level, because the communities that we're providing services to as, as sex workers, the, the the local harm reduction movement, um, drug drug users unions um everyone that's providing these mutual aid services to sex workers on the ground 
we've built these trusting relationships with these people. Mm -hmm. So when violence happens, we know about, you know, we know about it and we want to, we want to help these people access services. Um, and they can't do that under the current model with the, all the stigma and discrimination and marginalization because, you know, uh, there's a, for anti-trafficking organizations, they say things like, oh, so she's doing it because that's her choice. Yeah. You know, well, you know, I mean, choice is on a spectrum and and choice changes and mm-hmm. um you know it's, it's really important that we acknowledge that mm-hmm. and then we make sure that we serve everybody yeah absolutely i it's so difficult to have these conversations um because there is so much of the like you either have to be like a trafficked person in like the worst conditions ever or you have to be like an empowered sex worker who loves your job and it's just yeah like, <laughs> it's just not that black and white um, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, um, complicated issue. You know, um, I'm a survivor of d- domestic violence for many years. Um, I survived exploitation when I was, um, a sex worker. Um, I w- I survived exploitation by the criminal justice system. Once I, once I left, left the work, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, going through all of those things, um, even though that they're decades old have led me to where I'm at. Yeah. And you know, it, it, it's the combination of all those experiences that can make me so empathetic and so understanding of how complicated and nuanced the issue is. Mm-hmm. So there, there is no, it's all sex work or it's all sex trafficking. It's very, and it, and, and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. We should be providing services on demand for people who need them. Yep. If only, <laughs> but, if only know. one day, uh, what is, um, uh, what is uh, SWAT behind bars, and what do you folks do there? The Sex Worker Outreach Project is, behind bars is a national social justice network that works to provide community resources for people who are behind bars from people who are sex workers. Yes, I keep um, I went to your um, your little like online training session for the pen pal thing. I think I'm after we move. I think I'm going to become a pen pal. You know, it, it's incredibly rewarding. I have way too many pen pals. <laughs> and they're like my favorite people in the world. I really look forward to getting emails from them. I look forward to getting letters. Mm-hmm. I'm like a horrible return letter writer. Um, <laughs> but, you know, um, it's it's such a, an incredible opportunity to engage with people who have experienced so much judgment and so much stigma and so much violence from the from the criminal justice system yes and to be able to communicate with these people and to be able to help to empower them to live happy full lives it gives me a great deal of joy um having experienced incarceration myself Mm -hmm. um i I get it you know i mean you get out of jail you think there's not going to be any resources and somebody pops up and says hey can i send you a cell phone you know that way you can get online and you can connect with us and they're like what for real yeah. You know? I love it. And like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which actually... You got a cash app? You know, I mean, it's it's, yeah. a, it's amazing. Yeah, I actually have to um, follow up with someone that you uh, you sent me their information about them starting their own business now that they're out, and I'm very excited to do that. Yes, yes. Yes, Cabrana is just an amazing human being. And this is another example of violence against sex workers and violence against sex trafficking victims and the the state doesn't know where to put these yeah. two cases you know i mean they, they don't know what, what to do with it um this young lady is facing 25 years 
of sex offender probation. Mm -hmm. um, having done 10 years of sex offender probation myself, um, I can tell you that this is not, you know, not something that, that she's got to look forward to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's a tough road. It's a tough yeah. road. And she was sentenced under, um, under a charge that doesn't even call for this particular sentence. So we're really hoping to be able to get her a sentence modification at some point. Yeah, that's that's incredibly rough. And it's really frustrating to see how many people are um, essentially not just being like stigmatized and criminalized, but like just painted in uh, like the worst possible worst light. We're like, oh, this person is like a predator and they're dangerous and they can't be in your neighborhood because they're going to like cause you harm. And it's like or, or not or none of those things are actually true. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, we don't have any any kind of um, notification system that says, yeah, this guy is a sex offender, but it was because he peed in his front yard, you right. know, which is a whole lot different from, you know, other. Right. Yeah. People hear sex, sex offender and they're like, oh, you yeah. sexually abuse children. And it's like, that's. <laughs> Not yeah, necessarily in the alley that means. after I was drunk, you know. I mean, it's kind of a different thing, right? Exactly. Um, uh, you know, so it's it's uh, yeah. I mean, we have a, we have a lot of work to do um, as a social justice movement. Even even as people who support restorative and transformative justice processes, even as um, you know, as as anti criminalization and anti mass incarceration and anti-criminal justice and, and, and the defunding of police and the returning of the communities to the communities. You know, all of these things that intersect with each other. At the end of the day, I'm a service provider and I wanna make sure that my people are taken care of. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I appreciate the work you do so much. You do so much amazing stuff, I love it. I, I love watching your Twitter. And I'm so I'm so excited to have you as a communications director for Swap USA. I feel like some communication is really going to happen now. We're going to try. I'm certainly going to try. Congratulations! Thank you. I am certainly going to try. Yeah, we actually have um, just some ideas of how to do stuff, right? As far as like newsletters go, we want to start doing two newsletters a month, and mm -hmm. the second one have a focus on a chapter to just be like, hey, this is like what's happening, you know, like mm -hmm. on the ground. This is what local chapters are doing, and you know. Um, I've also like been able to answer a lot more of the media requests. I did not realize how many freaking media requests we get. Oh yeah. my god! Uh -huh. like, okay, yeah, I'll talk to you. Yeah, I'll talk to you. Oh, I'll find someone to talk to you. Oh, this person would be great for this. So, which actually reminds me, I have to send someone's email to someone else when I get off yep. this call. Um, yep. Those yeah, will never stop coming because they, I mean, they they hit people up all the time. Yeah. Um, we do have we we have a media form that um we had some people fill out if they wanted to talk to media. I'll share that with you. Oh please. And yes. maybe that'll give you some people with some different perspectives because yes. there's some really interesting um voices on there that that like... definitely need to be definitely need to be heard. Um, but I'm really excited for what's coming up for, for Swap USA. I'm really excited for the new position that you're in, as well as the new executive director of advocacy and yes. the um, executive director for chapters. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is really exciting. This is, you know, super progressive. And I'm so glad yes. that Swap was um, one of the first organizations to do this um, and and to, to form this structure. Um, and... Don't forget to call on your board. Yes. To do some shit. Yes. Yes. I actually have a follow-up meeting. Besides attend the monthly call. Yes. Um, I actually have a follow-up meeting with the board president next week. So yes. Um, 
But no, I just, I'm really excited for the direction that we're going, especially with the co-director model. I think that's just like really amazing um, just to have something that's like not like that strict hierarchy, you know? Like mm -hmm. I really, I really like it. Yeah. yeah. Yep, I like it too. Yeah. Oh, Phoenix wants me to have a question. I don't oh, have. I, I think everything has been said. Oh, I didn't know if you did because oh. you were like looking very intently, and I was like, "Oh no, that's the question phase." Is there a question? Can you coming? shut her up yet? Uh, why? <laughs> why doing the live engineering? Why, watching the decibels? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that's totally okay. But yeah, um, I think I said I was gonna keep it short, to keep it to a half hour, because we still have to go drive to Michigan. Um, we've been on for oh. about twenty-seven minutes, so we're gonna get ready to go off. But okay. um, before we do, did you have anything you wanted to add? Questions, comments, just like start uh, yelling and if cussing. If you are a survivor, if you are a survivor of Joey the Player, please come forward. Um, you can contact our community support line at 888-776-2004. We will walk you through the process to help um, to help you connect um, and to make sure that you feel comfortable and to make sure that you have the support that you need going forward. You can also chat for support on our um, chat for support line by just logging onto our website and clicking on the little red box down in the corner. It's also available on the swapusa.org website. You can chat for support. We've got an amazing group of agents that are waiting for you to get on there and start talking to them. Mm -hmm. And be on the lookout for more predators from the sex work community because we are going to start getting them. Yes, I love that. We definitely need to do that. And of course, also- This is a fun side project. It is exactly my type of side project. Um, and actually, after we have enough of them, we should totally do a true crime podcast about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We should totally let's do that. Just not, yeah, let's just not do it in the garage. We will not do it in the garage. No, we will not do like that podcast. We will be better. And let's make sure that we have a balanced <laughs> yes. hosting situation. Yes. Yeah. Now, um, Al sure. Alex, as, yes. as this story moves forward, uh, we do do news and comment here. Could you come back and update us? Yeah, absolutely. All absolutely. Right. Fantastic. Yeah, they, they you know the, the the current press releases are are basically just um, indictment notifications and notifications that he will not be receiving bail. Um, he's been before the judge on um, two previous bail hearings. He, he requested a third, and the judge, without any sort of thing, said there is no scenario in which I will be granting bail for you. So that was awesome. Um, do we have a rough idea of when the trial will be? They have not set a trial date yet. They're okay. in plea negotiations right now. Um, they're still encouraging um, survivors to come forward and lay out their story to law enforcement. Okay. Um, the, the survivor's identity is protected until they set a trial date. So the time to come forward is now. Mm -hmm. um, uh, sooner rather than later, I anticipate that they will set a trial date before the end of the year. Okay. Okay, good to know. All right. Well, thank you, Alex, for coming on and hanging out with us. Um, Anytime. You, thank you. And, of course, you have the Swap Behind Bars Twitter account. There's the Swap Behind Bars website. Um, if you need help with the hotline, please feel free to get in contact. We would love to help out. We would love to hear from folks. And um, I think that's the whole thing. Yeah. Awesome. Fuck yeah, that's All the right. whole thing. All right, thank you. Thanks, Alex. Bye. Thank you. Bye.
was useful. That was 